live from New York. It's Ask an Engineer, and we have the receipts to prove it. That's right. Welcome, <laughs> That's to, the, welcome to the Adafruit Autonomous Zone yeah. here in downtown Manhattan. It's me, Lady Ada. With me is Mr. Lady Ada. We've got an exciting show. We just ended up one hour of show and tell, That's hosted right. by the wonderful John Park. Thank you so much. Yep. We had a jam-packed show with news, videos, guides, tutorials, code, new products, all that and more. Yeah, we got all gone. Well, you know what? Actually, uh, if you want, I'll even bring in. Uh, it's not out yet. Maybe I'll grab one. Oh, we'll do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. All so right. Well, on the show? why don't you kick off the show? On tonight's show, reminder, we are open safely and we are shipping. We are just about getting to all orders um, that come in. So uh, no delays. Looks like we're order comes in. Uh, we have our teams on staggered shifts. We have mask gloves. All the protocols we have, adafruit.com slash open safely. It supports us, an open source hardware company in New York City. We also recently got minority-owned women business certified. So when you order something, we ship it to you, and you're supporting all of us. That's pre-COVID photos over there. That's right. Show and tell people around the world showing and sharing their projects. Thank you, JP. Lady Ada has city council meetings and more, and a lot of stuff going on on Wednesdays now. So... Team's helping out. Thank you, JP. We'll go over he's who is so, on the show. He's so much more energetic than us, though. I mean, he's just got, like, miles of energy. He should... I would like him to do city council meetings. Yeah. And then we'll do... We'll go back to Chantel. I think he would do good. That's right. Speaking of, JP's show and make code. We're going to be talking about that. We'll be talking about Python on hardware. Got some time travel. A lot of stuff is going on in the world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers, and this thing called Planet Earth. Made New York City factory footage. Some 3D printed news and video. Everyone's favorite segment. DigiKey and Adafruit bring you Ion MPI. We got some new products. We got some It's Not Out Yet. We're going to answer your questions. We're going to do that over on Adafruit.it slash Discord, where you can join all 21,000 of us and more. All that and a bag of chips, maybe. Yum. On Ask an Engineer. Salty. Oh, you know, um, yeah. you had sent me a leak. Was that the top secret you wanted to show? Because I, I didn't get that in the show yet. I was going to put no, that No, but I, could, I physically have... You physically have? I have stuff upstairs. I can just bring it... Okay, let's try to remember to do that if we can. Yeah. We'll try to remember to do the, the top secret when we get yeah, there. Yeah, I have stuff on my desk. Okay. All right. So uh, let's just dive right in. Um, like okay. I said, uh, we'll be doing discount soon. Discount code soon again. Um, or again soon. I think both those words work in that order. Mm-hmm. Um, but not yet. So for now, just please place orders. Uh, we're pretty much shipping orders as fast as we used to. I think it's less than a week. Oh, yeah. Much less than oh, a yeah, yeah. Now. No, it's definitely that. Yeah. And uh, that keeps us alive, and it keeps us going. Thank you so much, everyone, who's, putting, who's been keeping us on life support during this time and more. We very much appreciate it. Um, the first thing that we're going to go to this week is show and tell. So people around the world, they show and share their projects. Lady Ada, you have a list of people that were on the show I and tell. I do. I took notes. Who's on the show and tell? What they share? All right. Well, we kicked it off with Kevin W. from DigiKey giving us the DigiKey update. They're sanitizing bins, the people working from home when necessary. Um, you know, he's been working from home a lot of the time, although he says he comes into the warehouse to help out. And uh, Grace, who is a DigiKey work from home intern, uh, came by. She's at University of Minnesota Duluth. And she took the DigiKey IoT Home Kit that we did for um, the Adafruit IO video series, and she converted it to use Adafruit IO and Arduino. And she said it was really easy. Did it in only a couple days. 
I w was using Atmosphere's BLE protocol, and now it's using pure Wi-Fi. And the cool thing is um, Kevin was controlling the lights and reading the sensors on the home model from uh, where he was in Thief River Falls. So it's like they they had like two videos and they were doing IoT communication and it was working. So it's live demo, but it, it was great. Um, Scott came by and uh, talked a little bit about ESP32 S2 Circuit Python news. He's working really hard on it almost every day. Um, he's getting ready for Wi-Fi socket support. Philby uh, had a camera demo for the Grand Central using the SAMD 51's PCC camera peripheral um, with an OV7670 camera. These are cameras that kind of burst out of frame of data. He's reading the data into RAM, it's 150K of RAM, and then writing it to um, a display screen. And he's able to do it like, you know, 30 plus frames a second. It's buttery smooth, uh, DMA data in to DMA data out. Um, Chris Young came by and had a really cool demo. He had two Pi Gamers, oh, yeah? each with an RFM69 Featherwing plugged into it, and you could play a game, like a two-player game remotely, done all in Arduino. You said he's too old for CircuitPython, but that's okay. Uh, and for accessibility, he had a keyboard control for it, um, but really epic, and he says he's writing a guide. That's so cool. a two-player uh, Pi Gamer example. Uh, and the RFM69 can work, like, almost a mile away, so you can, you can really... You can two-player with somebody across the street. Uh, Blitz City came by with her copper cut circuit that's cut on a cricket. It's a cricket cut copper circuit. Say that four times fast. Yeah, and you can use a cricket and use it with a cricket. That's right. With the circuit plugger. It wasn't cricket compatible. It was cricket. Yeah. Made. But you can. And she said it worked really well. Uh, it was an interesting technique. She got you know the big sheets and she cut out the circuit. And she's going to try to do some transparent circuits next. Um, Bruce is making Pi Zero surveillance cameras. Uh, he wanted PoE, but there was no like combined USB Ethernet plus PoE adapter, so he made his own with a 3D printed case that's on the Proofs of Prints website. And uh, he basically put together the circuit board from a USB to Ethernet converter and um, a circuit from an Ethernet PoE adapter to make an all-in-one uh, setup. It looks really cool. Uh, so he's got some really neat surveillance cameras, kind of pushing the, the customizable surveillance camera technology. Now Pedro uh, had a couple projects. They brought over the Dylan's bike mount for Circuit Playground Express. They made a nice 3D printed mount with a little battery holder, and it, it screws onto the Circuit Playground Express case. They showed off the redux of the Lucio Blaster that uh, JP has been revising. They're printing another set for him. And a demo of MIDI-controlled drum. Uh, they're working on robotic drumming. Um, Tim had a vacuum tube project, so he got a vacuum tube tester from Heathkit. It's massive. It's cool. It seems to still work. He's going to learn about it. John uh, was going to go to a Disney Halloween party, but didn't want to bring his super fancy lightsaber in case they wouldn't let him in with it. So he made one of JP's simple lightsabers. Um, this was a project for the Halloween Ada Box, so like two years ago. But it's, uh, you know, it's slowly but steadily becoming a very popular, easy project. It uses a Gemma M0, an LED strip, and, and a technique that John used to DIY it using um, hardware store goods, so nothing custom printed. Uh, Chaos had an audio box with an LED wall. Um, Christopher made an 128 by 96 LED RG panel controlled by a Raspberry Pi and wrote 
a clone of a game that he used to play called Megabug. It looked great. He got like the LED plastic on it as well. Orlando gave us an update on his Bluetooth audio PCB. He's going to try to fix the audio hum. Uh, Colin showed off his vote keyboard. It's a keyboard that all it does is type vote. He was mailed, I think, on other mail. And then I had to go, but it looked like JP also showed off uh, maybe his Lucio Blaster and uh, a yeah, MIDI a, um, music creator with a clue. Yeah, we have a preview of uh, the Lucio Blaster project yeah. we're going to show in a second. Um, all participants on the show and tell will get a show and tell sticker probably really soon because we're pretty much, quote, back and we'll be able to um, send out stickers to people. So if you were on the show in the past, uh, we'll get the word out, but we'll make sure we get you a sticker. Yeah. And then um, going forward, we'll have that. Part of our Adafruit live series of shows. Been doing this for like a decade. Um, show and tell is 7 p.m. every Wednesday. It'll be one of us doing it, always, and we do it for a full hour now because a lot of people are still working from home or they have more projects they're working on, and we wanted to give everyone time and space to show and share their projects. It's one hour of sharing and more. And, and it's like, it's full. I mean, like, it was done at 8.02 today. Um, and then Wednesday at 8, which is right now, is Ask an Engineer. That's right. Tomorrow at 4 p.m., JP Show. And uh, here's a little bit of a preview of what you're going to see on JP Show tomorrow. Tuesday, we have Make Code Live with JP, and we're talking to Microsoft. Maybe we'll do some more shows and things around Make Code. Uh, one simple thing to do if you have a Circuit Playground Express, just plug it in your computer and go to makecode.adafruit.com. Um, I saw today folks were like, they're asking each other on Twitter, like, what's the easiest way to do like physical computing and like electronics? There is and no easy make way. Makecode.adafruit.com. So easy and extremely is, powerful is too. A, is a top one in there. Yeah, you got sound, LEDs, sensors. And, and just then works. Um, one Which of the ways platform. that we like to look at it is like, if you want to do some quick blo uh, block programming, Makecode's way to go. And then um, Python is getting taught in schools around the world, it's the official language. Um, yeah, there's Python support, there's JavaScript yeah. support. And then so you'll move up to like something yeah. like CircuitPython. Yeah. And speaking of, with uh, CircuitPython, we have our Python on Hardware newsletter. Towards the end of the show, we're gonna show yes, Katni's video version of this. We do this every single week, and it's a way for Lady Ada and I to catch up on the Python on Hardware news because we're just jamming out, keeping Adafruit going, and so we don't get to make the newsletter as much as we used to. So now we are a, a subscriber and a user um, of the mm -hmm. newsletter and a, a reader. Time travel. Let's look around the world of hackers, artists, and engineers, stuff that's going on and more. Um, so, happy birthday, America. Yay! <laughs> yeah, um, so July 3rd is an Adafruit company holiday. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's and one of the weekend. One of the reasons we do that. So anytime a holiday ends up on a weekend, we will work with the team and say, hey, do you, which 
weekday do we want to do? It's also a float. Some people are going to still be working. Some people are going to be in. Yeah. Um, and uh, shipping will uh, not go out on one of those times. So uh, certain types of shipping, like postal, will be That's delayed. Right. So just know that when you, when you check out. And, um, you know, America uh, is going through some problems right now. Uh, we're number one in not the greatest ways. We're like a problem child of the world. We are. We're responsible for a lot of the COVID cases out there. Um, but, you know, one thing about America is we're uniquely and perpetually optimistic. Yeah. Um, it's one of the things, even maybe we shouldn't be sometimes, um, but we are. Um, and also, one of the things that's coming up this year, it's an election year, a big election year. Yeah. And so you'll start to see companies, people, brands empower their employees and show their employees that they care about what's important to them specifically. Yeah. So you'll see Adafruit in the news a bunch because we got on this early on. Um, we have paid day off for voting. That's right. And we've done it for three years now. Yeah. What's interesting is we're now in this category of companies. So the this one uh, this website Daily Beast says corporate America it's a new push to give you election day off. Yay! And the pull quote was there is an endless hunger for CEOs to show that they go above and beyond in support of their people. Said Corley Kenna, a spokesperson for Patagonia. So one of the things that we've been noticing is there's company values that have been arriving. So Patagonia is you know they want to save the planet and like here's voting. Yeah. Um, Adafruit's now in that group of companies. So you're gonna, you're, we start to see, like, Adafruit, Patagonia. If they do alphabetical order, we're first. But usually Patagonia's more well-known. So there's, like, Patagonia, North Face, Adafruit. And there's things like paid day off for voting. So you'll see that a lot. Um, and that is one of the things that we wanted to do for the team. If you work at a company and you need help talking to your management, send me an email, pt.adafruit.com. Um, and I will help you. Because this came from us wanting to do this for our team, but I understand that different companies they have different policies, and there's a there's a way to get this in your company. Drop me a note, I'll help out. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's just showing that other companies are doing it. Sometimes it's like here's what's in our employee handbook, because people are like, oh, the handbook. We could just send over what we did. Um, we're here to help. Um, so that brings us to to um, what our ongoing efforts are, and. Around June, our team came together and said, we're not just going to be a hashtag. We're not just going to do performative stuff. We want to do real actions that have a specific goal. Stop cops murdering black people. That is the, that is the eye on the prize. That is what people are mm -hmm. marching in the streets mm -hmm. for. That, there's a lot of things going on, but that is what we said. This is important to us. Yep. And so we have our action page, and it's gotten bigger and bigger. Um, but you can see there are things happening. It's only been a few weeks, but there is actions that we can all take and our team's been taking. Um, we need people to sign petitions. They work. Um, thing about petitions, you don't think they work, but uh, Elijah McLean, uh, they reopened the case in Aurora, Colorado. Um, Breonna Taylor, there is small movements on that. There has been a police officer fired. Things are happening, but we can't let up. Um, this can't just be like, okay, you know, that's, that's over Juneteenth, you know, that, that was a day. Okay. Now we're, now we're back. Um, there's no going back to normal. Um, we need to continue to work together. So here's all the things that we collect that our team sends, we put here, and then we have actions. 
So if you're trying to figure out like, what can I do? How can I help? Um, retweeting is fine, you know, cool. But there's actions, there's reform, there's things that you can do in your local communities. So the thing that is happening right now and the thing that ha that we try to find, like, what are things that we have expertise in and we can help out and we can have yeah. examples. And um, this week, one of the big efforts that it's lo it looks like there's progress on is there's one place online that has misinformation, hate, and dangers. Black people has Holocaust denying, has misinformation. It's been Facebook. And there was a campaign that was started by NAACP and Anti-Defamation League, and it was Friday 11 days ago. Yeah. And they announced they're doing this, and there was no brands, no companies signed up. So we contacted them, and we said, hey, like, we have some specific things we want to see Facebook change. And we've been trying to get Facebook to change this for years. They don't yeah. listen to us. We spent a bunch of money on Facebook advertising, but not enough. Also, uh, today, Mark Zuckerberg said, we don't care. Um, they'll, they'll come back if, yeah. they, if there's a boycott of advertising. Don't worry, they'll come back. Um, so, or allegedly, so that, you know, leaked, leaked conversations. Yeah. So um, the, the thing that we, one of our actions items this week was, okay, let's make it clear why we're signing up for this campaign. And it's called Stop Hate for Profit. And I'll just give you one specific example that happens at Adafruit that's been happening. Mm -hmm. So when we post our, like, hey, everybody, here's our latest video. We have a thumbnail because it comes off the YouTube video of, like, about Adafruit. Yeah. We also have, like, here's, you know, company photo. Here's, here's Ada Lovelace Day. When we post up on Facebook, yeah. it is the only social media platform that has white supremacy flood our posts and put terrible comments and I don't know why Facebook says that this doesn't happen. You could put in, like, block words and all that. Well, people figure out stuff. So it's our skin color. It's, it's our genders. It's, it's everything about Adafruit. Um, this is the only place where people type in, I'm calling ice on you. Like, this is how bonkers it is. So what people don't know behind the scenes is when we put stuff on Facebook, we have to, like, make sure we have a moderator, make sure we do stuff. Because it's not, it's not just, like, leave it and turn off comments because you can't. So, you know, things that we've asked for over the years is like, hey, like when we live stream, so this weekend we live streamed and we did a pride cheer because in New York, for five minutes, just do a pride cheer. Yay, you know, it's pride. Yeah, there's no pride parade. Yeah, so you only have choices of follower, slow, discussion, restricted, or protected for, for comments on your live streams. So you have to like keep an eye on it. And sure enough, I had to like, okay, like, you know, there's, there's bots, there's, there's also mean people, um, and there's no... There doesn't seem like no matter what we say or do, um, Facebook has not made progress on getting rid of hate speech on their platform. So we joined this hashtag stop hate for profit. And uh, they sent out the call to actions. They have a playbook. Um, so we're part of this right now. Um, lots of different groups are part of it. It was North Face. The first company besides North Face was Adafruit, then Patagonia, and then there's 530 something companies. Um, most of the top advertisers on Facebook and then a lot of s smaller mm -hmm. companies. For the month of July, we're pausing our ads. The return on ad spend for Facebook is great. We like advertising on Facebook. Advertising is a good thing. Um, if you give good information, like we do, like here's a cool, here's a cool video about something you can make at Adafruit. That's a good thing to advertise. Here you go. Um, we're not doing that for the month of July. Um, we'll get back, we'll see, but we want to see some significant progress with tools and things for advertisers to do. So um, what does that mean? Well, other companies also did this. 
Magnolia Pictures. So Magnolia Pictures decided. Are they okay over there? Yeah, I'm just. Okay. I'm just, okay. Uh, Magnolia Pictures um, also said, "Hey, we're going to pause our advertising." And mm-hmm. we said, "Okay, well, um, you have a documentary coming out. You're not going to be advertising. Maybe we can help." So we're going to the movies. July third, you can get a virtual ticket just like we did. And this is a documentary I wanted to see for a while. John Lewis, Good Trouble. Um, a lot of people might know who John Lewis is, civil rights activist, a congressperson, probably one of the uh, quotes that you've seen on our website. Um, here's John saying it. My philosophy is very simple. When you see something that is not right, not fair, yeah. not just, yeah. say something, yeah. do something, get in trouble, good trouble, necessary trouble. So, um, good trouble. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I, I think for years I've, I've kind of borrowed it. It's just like sometimes you have to get in good trouble, necessary trouble. Um, and they, Magnolia Pictures, they, they're not advertising on Facebook. That's where they get a lot of people to go to the movies. Also, yeah. there's no movie theaters open. Uh, yeah. So what we did is we bought 131 tickets for Adafruit. Cyber tickets. Cyber tickets. So you put in your code. And uh, Magnolia Pictures is like, this is great. We're going to help promote the movie and tell people to watch this. It's an American story. There's nothing more American than this, so something fun to do on 4th of July. That's right. So maybe join us. Check out our blog post. Um, it's streaming on, like, various platforms. streaming everywhere. So it's also free. It's also free. So you can check it out. So that's one of the things. That's some of the things that we're doing. Um, every week there's something else. Check out adafruit.com slash blacklivesmatter. Check out our website. These are things that we do as an electronics company. And a lot of these you can do at home. Yeah. You don't have to go outside. Okay. Other time travel. Uh, happy birthday, Zip Code. Yay, Mr. Zip. Yeah. Hey, I'm Mr. Zip. Thanks for remembering me. Um, here's some Zip Code trivia. Okay. Lady Ada. I don't know if you know about this. I wasn't ready for that now. Yeah. Okay. Um, zip Codes are not as old as you think. They're only a little bit over 50 years old. They were introduced in World War II, and they were officially implemented in 1963. No, that's really yeah. recent. The ZIP is Zoning Improvement Plan Code. It was created when the Postal Service lost a huge portion of their team to go off to World War II. Okay. So they needed to be more efficient with how they delivered the mail because they had left less people. So... Interesting. Um, so that's where the zip code came from. Well, it makes from. sorting a lot easier now. It's all done with OCR too. Yeah. So the you know postal service is in the news. Um, everybody wants the postal service to stick around. Um, it'd be great if they were around. <laughs> They're very important. Uh, we rely on them as a business. Yeah. Also, a lot of people are going to be voting by mail this November. Well, you get every you get super important jury duty by mail. You get yeah. letters and postcards. Yeah. So that's yeah, happening. Yeah, but some bills, of course, but. Okay, so uh, zip code, happy birthday. Happy birthday to zip. Yeah. All right. Open source and open source hardware news. We got stuff going on this week. So uh, first up, there is a lot of movement in the open source community. This is from Red Hat together. We stand united, we rise, making open source more inclusive by eradicating problematic language. So Red Hat, which I would say when people say what is open source, name an open source thing. They're like the biggest open source software company. Most successful open source company out there. Yeah. Um, So Red Hat is making strides and efforts to remove words like master and slave, having their uh, branches of code go from master to main. This is something that's been going on in the software community for a while. So that is Red Hat. You'll see this in a lot of different open source communities. 
it's happening with GitHub. Mm-hmm. Um, there's conversion tools that'll li- allow you to convert like master branch to main branch, and that means this old, outdated technology uh, terminology um, is hopefully going away. Yeah. And we can just move forward with better words. So speaking of, if you go over to Oshawa, and I'm going to go over to the website now. Do, 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 do. Okay. And then hop over here. Um, Open Source Hardware Association has a resolution to redefine SPI signal names. And I'll zoom in on this in a second because Lydia, do you know about this specifically? We are endorsers of this and we wanted to help out with this effort. So much like Red Hat, much like a lot of open source communities and efforts, there are terminology updates and more. So the deprecated uh, names are similar to what Red Hat in the open source community Linux world is doing, getting rid of master out, slave in, and uh, renaming these. Yeah. So these are these are uh, signal names. Names. Yes. And so, how difficult was it for us to change this? Was this something that we've it was been doing very for easy. A while? I mean, for actually a while we've been using instead of for MOSI and MISO, which is like the 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 most commonplace you see electronics. Um, because it's an acronym that's used in data sheets and stuff. We actually just used microcontroller out, sensor in. And, like, it actually, I think, is a little easier for people to uh, w- recognize and, like, master out slave in because there's a microcontroller or microcomputer like a Raspberry Pi connecting to a sensor or secondary, you know, device. I actually saw somebody said uh, they wanted to use mother and son. And, like, the mother... Yeah. tells the son what to do. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of like a cute hack. Again, using the same um, signal names, mostly in MISO. And then um, actually a lot of boards we have already use SDO and SDI. Um, that's, for example, like the BMP series humidity sensors. I know that they use those um, uh, names. They don't use mostly in MISO. So that's really easy. And then um, there's also COPI and KIPO or SIPO, which is controller and peripheral, which I think is a good... A good alternative because I do, I do I I've, I've used SDO and SDI, but I I do prefer using something where the names of the things you connect are the same, like with I squared C, SCL, and SDA are the same connections. Yeah. So I like it, you know, SIPO and and copy, uh, controller out, peripheral in. Those I think they're a little they're just a teeny bit easier for people to use. I'm not like there's nothing wrong with SDO SDI. I've used them before. But I think if I was going to push for chip companies to, to change, I'd say C, COPI, CIPO would be good because it's very similar to MISO MOSI. And again, you connect the things that are named the same, the same. Trying to avoid the RXTX yeah. issue that we had with, with URs, which is to me, you know, I still make that mistake all the time. Whether RX connects to RX or TX connects to RX, it's a, a pain. So um, if you're curious, um, check out. Oshawa site, oshawa.org. Yeah. You can take a look at um, the article that's on Hackaday. And um, I also want to compliment um, the Hackaday folks because, uh, and this is going to make this about me for like one second. So I started the site Hackaday, Mm -hmm. designed the logo. I'm attached to that site forever, whether I like it or not. You're the mother and it's the son. And whether they like it or not. (laughs) So, you know, I, when I see people say, I don't like sharing my project on Hackaday because of the comments, and when I see you know, the comments um, not being 
good for the community. It hurts me because it's you know I started that site like 16 years ago. I have nothing to do with it now. Yeah. Um, there has been a lot of progress made. And I know sometimes there's crummy comments anywhere on the internet, um, but Sophie, who runs a lot of different parts of Hackaday, uh, I sent an email and there was a lot of comment cleanup. There was a lot of the team, Mike Stitch, the editor, talking to people trying to get them to have empathy mm-hmm. um, a lot of engineers and I'm sure there's you know we're focusing on the show right now I'm sure there's people debating about this in our live comments but you know if just because you haven't experienced racism because you don't have that life you haven't lived that life don't yeah. think this isn't something that's well important. there's also like you know one thing I, I thought is really interesting to hear from team members is they're like it's not enough to just not be racist you have to be anti-racist you actually have to do like the 10 or 20% more to combat potential racism, not just say like, well, I personally am not racist and therefore it's okay. You actually have to put a little bit more effort in and that's how, you know, just don't, don't just clean up when you litter, maybe pick up somebody else's litter too. Yeah. So anyways, um, good work, Hackaday. I know like, you know, running communities and moderation tools and like all this stuff, it's yeah. a lot, it's extra work. So right. people don't want to do it, um, but it's worth it because if you look at the success of Adafruit, it's because we're an inclusive, diverse community. We have 22,000 people in Discord. We have a huge community of people. Uh, look at us. Look at our. Look at the photo of us. Look, this is the type of place that people want to be. So these things are important to us. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a jerky guy whose comment eventually got deleted on, you know, whatever website. Clearly, he doesn't work around anyone except for people who are him and look like him. Yeah. So he doesn't understand that this is an issue. So, like, imagine, like, having empathy and being others-focused just for, like, a minute. I think people understand, like, this wasn't difficult for us to change the names. It wasn't difficult for us to update old terminology. It wasn't difficult for us to listen to the community and say this is something we can do. Um, we, company names change all the time. Remember when Particle was Spark? Well, like it happens like there's name changes in technology and this is something that affects people so it's important and like it's okay yeah progress so that's what folks should check out all of our uh, learn docs are updated code repositories updated and we'll keep at it yeah all right next up we are an open source hardware company amongst all these things mm-hmm. we have 2228 guides what's on the big board this week we have three new guides this week we have um a guide for the adafruit 1.3 inch color tft bonnet for raspberry pi thanks to melissa and katney for writing that up it was one of the ones that was dropped in march and uh, never finished but we finished it now um we also have a translation to spanish of katney's uh circuit playground express guide first guide she wrote uh, piano in the key of lime. This is a piano, piano of limes, uh, fully translated into Spanish. So great for young students who don't speak English, and there's a lot of them. <laughs> there's like millions of them. Um, check it out. You need a Circuit Playground. Uh, you can install the Spanish version of Circuit Python, and uh, you can get rolling making your own touch-controlled piano. We also have a guide from Liz Clark. Uh, she wrote a game based on. Um, the Dino Jump Chrome game that was built into the browser when you don't have internet. But this time it's Blinka jumping over uh, uh, Sparky the Smoke Monsters. And she just basically teaches you how to make a sprite-based 
um, jumping game, which I think is a, is a good beginner game. What I like is the graphic stuff that's built into CircuitPython makes it really easy. There's The whole program is maybe like 150 lines of code, just very little. It's almost all logic um, because the graphic stuff like tile management and animation is handled for you. Okay. That's it. That's the guys for the That's week. right. All right, let's do some Made in New York City factory footage. We are in New York City. We are making things. We are a yes. manufacturing company. Here's some photos of those things. Yeah, we got some stuff going on. We Here's some, some stencils. stencils with some light breaking through. These are some of the older ones that we have with Old the smaller style. stenciler. Here is the selective solder machine. At high speed. It's not normally this fast. Well, we work fast. This is a making a relay feather wing. Go Pelican. Yeah. And uh, here are some photos of the reels that the pick-and-place machine uses. No, this is not a new weapon for a video game for the next PlayStation coming out. Uh, these are what we feed into the pick-and-place machine, hence the name Feeders. Feeder. You can see the feeders plugged into the machine and then get picked up and placed. So as you can see, we are making stuff. You're making some cellular modules. Yeah, we've been we've been catching up. Um, you know, one of the metrics that we look at is our in-stock percentage because we don't take back orders, so we have to make everything that we sell. It's important it's to us. It's been crawling up. We're getting there. Um, and then last up, there was, uh, I'm going to say it's a sign, double rainbow. Oh, cool. Outside of Adafruit. Wow. And that was on Pride Day, right? Yeah. Did we get, we got that shot somehow? Yeah. Dan oh, O shot this right nice. out the window. Yeah, this was right outside Adafruit. Good catch. Yeah, isn't that cool? All right, 3D printing. Zip, 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 zip. Okay. I think tonight's theme is uh, saying thanks, gratitude, and hey, there's improvements and progress we can make together. So yeah. my uh, 3D printing news, and we're going to show some videos, is uh, thanks, MakerBot Thingiverse. Yeah, you contacted them this this last week. Yeah, so let me tell you, let me tell you a story. Oh, boy. A teacher, yeah, a teacher emailed us yeah. and said, hey, I'm a teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's how teachers talk. Hey, I'm a teacher. Yeah, I'm a teacher. Um, they're very instructional. Um, they say, hey, I'm a teacher, and um, thanks for your uh, work in equality and the tech world and, like, the stuff you're doing, Adafruit. I'm frustrated because uh, MakerBot has a site, Thingiverse, as you probably know, and there's some uh, racist 3D models that we, I've emailed and they just didn't take them down. And, and one of them, they may have said it was like free speech. And they didn't want to take it down. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you can do? And I said, uh, yeah, send me a link to what you're talking about. Let me take a look at it. Um, let me get all the information. And uh, yeah, Adafruit will do our best. And uh, my strategy is to always contact people directly. Give them a chance to address things, give them a chance to say, oh, thanks for this, not go direct to Twitter, not Twitter shame, not, you know, not... You, you have been, people have said about you, you always go all the way into contacting people. I do all the steps. Getting feedback, giving uh, them plenty of time. I will contact PR people. I'll do everything 
the, the last thing you do is uh, shame people without giving them a chance. You want to say, hey, like, we found this issue. Yeah. Can you fix it? So, luckily, we were on some email threads with the, the newest CEO of MakerBot and uh, I had their PR contact. I said, hey, this teacher contacted us. Here's some links to some specific things. And these were terrible, very clearly. Yeah, they were bad. They were really bad. And uh, I said, hey, like, check it out. Within a few hours, all of the models were removed. The PR person got back to us. We posted a thing and said, thank you, everybody, good work. Sent a note to the teacher. The teacher was like, this is great, thanks. Yay. And, uh, you know, the teacher, when they emailed, they said, it's hard because, you know, they use the website in classes. Yeah. And if the students, you know, kids are kids. Yeah, they, they just type in the worst words. If they type in the worst words, like, you don't expect there to be lots of, like, 3D printed racist stuff. Yeah, it's better if so, it's like, hey, there's nothing with this word. So I want to say thanks to Thingiverse uh, MakerBot for just setting a good example of, like, hey, thanks for letting us know. And they also, um, they either had this or they... Newly updated it. There's a report a model function. Yeah. And I know that has worked because I found a couple other ones. Mm. Um, but they got through most and I reported and they were gone. Okay. So, anyways. I already knew this story. You knew this story. But thank I you. I lived through it. Thank you for pretending it was new and interesting. Um, so, <laughs> so, anyways. So, that's so that's that. So, that's, yep. my, that's my like, resolved. hey, shout out. Resolved. Resolved. Well, it's not. For now. Yeah. It's. Um, it's Stay one, tuned. Well, you know, again, we're a. a technology company or an electronics company what things can we do and these are things that we that's can right. do that's right you can't not just racist but anti-racist yeah so anyways thanks a lot so yeah. we're going to show two videos back to back one is this uh, bike project and this uh, 3D printed spring okay take, take it away, away. No, I'm Pedro zip, zip. hey what's up folks in this project we're making a brake light with the circuit playground this uses the built-in accelerometer and neopixels to make an automatic brake light a 3D printed mount allows you to attach the circuit playground case to the frame of your bike. This senses when the bike is braking and lights up NeoPixels when the bike is slowing down. When the bike is at a full stop, the NeoPixels will fade in and out. The code was written in CircuitPython and uses the Circuit Playground library. It uses the accelerometer to sense when the CPX is in motion by averaging the values. The NeoPixels are triggered when the threshold is met multiple times in a row. Check out the guide for a full breakdown of the code by Dylan Harada. The bike mount is designed to be 3D printed without any support material. For a stronger and more durable part, you can use PETG filament. This uses the clear case for the circuit playground and a tripod screw adapter. To power this project, we'll use a 500mAh rechargeable battery and a slide switch with a JST adapter. We wired up a slide switch and made a JST adapter so we can easily disconnect it from the battery. The tripod screw adapter is secured to the mount and features a threaded hole for screwing into. A quarter 20 screw adapter is used to attach to the clear case. The slide switch is press fitted into the built-in holder right behind the battery. The clear case for the circuit playground is designed to snap fit and features a built-in slide switch and buttons. The case attaches to the tripod screw and easily connects to the JC adapter on the slide switch. The battery is secured to the mount by sliding it into the pocket. The slide switch can then be plugged into the battery. The mount is designed to flex open so it can fit over the bike frame. You can clip it right under the seat and slide it up and down to adjust its position. To secure the mount in place, insert an M5 screw and tightly fasten to a hex nut. We think this makes a great addition to any ride and hope this inspires you on your next bike project. 
Thanks so much for watching and don't forget to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit. Okay, and don't forget every single week, 3D Hangouts with Noam Pedro, the longest running, most popular 3D printed show in the world. Right, Lady, it is time. That's right. DigiKey and Adafruit bring Present. you. Okay, this week. What is this, lady? All right. This week, uh, this week's INPI is brought to you by DigiKey. It's now stocking a new dev board from Alorium Tech. She's also a friend of the fruit, but uh, I would have picked this anyway. This is a really we cool know them. board. I do. We do know them. This is just a side note. We know them. They're doing a feather format thing, and uh, we helped them out with some manufacturing equipment. Yeah. This is like we we're making the feather ecosystem and the things around the feather ecosystem is in itself an ecosystem. It's an ecosystem inside an ecosystem inside an ecosystem. <laughs> uh, no, this is cool. This is our is. first ion MPI that's been that a, has a feather, feather format. Yeah. Okay, so this right. feather, what's interesting is it's kind of like a, it seems like it's a bit of a collaboration between Intel, which makes the FPGA. Actually, they they bought Altera, which is the company that makes the FPGA, but now it's called like Intel Altera FPGA. And again, this company, Alorium, that does uh, design consulting for FPGA designs. And so one of the things they've done as part of their like consulting services is that they develop dev board hardware that I think helps them with their consulting because it's like they don't have to start over every time with a new board. Um, and also because customers want to get started quickly prototyping with FPGAs. Okay, so here is the INMPI. It is the Evo M51. So... What this is is a, a feather-shaped board. So I think it's a little bit longer than a normal feather, maybe 2.1 inches uh, or 2.2 inches by 0 0.9 inches. Um, but it's compatible with all feather wings. Some, some feather-like boards are longer one direction or the other. It's uh, got a micro USB. It's got a JST. It's got power management. It's got a reset button. Uh, and for the microcontroller, it has a SAM D51. And you can see that kind of in the middle left there. It's a smaller BGA chip. So it's kind of like the Feather M4 Express. And then, this is all on like a single-sided board, which is amazing. They also shoved on there like a massive uh, FPGA from Altera. I think this is a 25K LUT uh, Max 10 FPGA board, uh, FPGA chip. They also have a Stemma connector, NeoPixel on the right, and it uh, looks like some debug pads on the bottom. And what's interesting, um, and you can see in these photos, and I'll show us on the overhead, is 
the plain GPIOs on the 0.1 inch header are connected to the SAMD51, and you use those with Arduino as usual. You, you can use their SAMD51 development uh, uh, board support package, which I think is probably based off of ours, because I don't know of any other SAMD51 uh, development uh, board support packages. But then all the castellated pads that are kind of in between are connected to the FPGA. And uh, the FPGA is connected to the SAM51. So the SAM51 can be used to program the FPGA. You can load, you know, your whatever they're called, binaries onto the FPGA. Uh, it's connected through I squared C, so for probably configuration and setup, and then a 10-bit parallel bus. So you can use that to shove data back and forth. And there's also the F port, which I actually don't know exactly what that is. Um, I think that's just the um, FPGA just GPIO port, you can connect that as well for, for a non-parallel bus, maybe for like control signals and stuff. Um, and then the other pins are again brought out to the um, pads on the outside, and I'll show you how you can actually connect to those pads in a little bit. Um, so what's neat about this board is it combines one of my favorite chips, the SAMD51, which is so capable, with um, an FPGA that uh, is extremely powerful. Um, and the SAMD51 can Yay. run CircuitPython or be programmed with Arduino. So again, ecosystem, ecosystem, ecosystem. It's, it's a feather-shaped board. It, we help them with some manufacturing equipment. Yeah. It's an INPI with DigiKey. It's docked and sold there. And you can program it with CircuitPython. Yes. CircuitPython, yeah. Right now, if you want to talk to the FPGA, I think the example code is in Arduino. But I think they're going to be porting it to CircuitPython, especially if people bug them and say, hey, really, that's what I want to use this for. Um, and so what's cool about that is you can have the ease of use and quick turnaround of writing code in CircuitPython for like user interface stuff. And then you offload computation to the FPGA. So if you want to like, you know, connect to an HDMI display or you want to, get to connect to a camera or you want to do, you know, I don't know, like some weird mathematical calculations that would be too slow on the SAMD51, maybe machine learning. Um, uh, calculations, you want to offload that to the FPGA, you can do it. You can also, of course, program the FPGA and it kind of runs standalone so it doesn't communicate with the, the SAMD51 or something. Okay, so then um, the next thing is how do you connect to those pads? Well, they've got this board called um, the EvoTech M51. So let's go to the overhead now because I can, I can show this off. The, sorry, the EvoTray. Um, and then you see here the castellations. So there's the main holes that are used for connecting. You can just like through hole solder them. And then there's castellations here, here, uh, here, and even like a couple of uh, ones over here, although these look like they're the USB connection. So that's kind of nice. That's right next to the USB port. And then um, this um, PCB, you solder it on and you can uh, just use a little bit of uh, paste or some thin um, solder, and you can connect all the uh, castellated pads here, and then they're brought out to, you know, 0.1-inch header. Um, so what's cool is it's, it's, it's a single-sided board. It's probably a four, six, or eight-layer design. Um, it's got everything you love about the Feather M4 Express, plus this gigantic chip. And if you were going to buy this chip, it's also available on DigiKey. It's the... The exact part number is the um, Altera Max 10 10M25 DAF. Um, so this FPGA, oh no. Yeah, did you want me to show you no. uh, the, the nope. site with the number at all? Nope. Oh, okay. Because I, I can give you that. You want to keep going on that? Yeah. Right. Uh, it, this chip on its own 
is um, like $80, $85 or something. So the fact that you can get this chip assembled, tested with a SAMD51 programming interface and, you know, comes with the analog digital and the DACs and the timers and all that that you can use in concert with the FPGA. And it's like under 100 bucks. It's a really good deal. Like you might as well just get this if you're planning on doing any prototyping and even kind of like into s small quantity production. But it's actually just less expensive and a lot easier on a hardware designer. Like, I don't want to route this BGA. This is like 196 pads. It's ridiculous. Uh, so I'm glad that uh, Alorium has done it instead. So um, the next thing, and now, yeah, let's go to the next Yeah, did you want to show this one? I just showed that. So the next thing is um, also in DigiKey is they have a design integration services registry and you can check that out if you're ever interested in doing like some design and you're kind of hit your limit of what you can do like I can't quite do like the power supply or I can't quite do the, the Wi-Fi certification. They do have a bunch of companies that are registered there um, that you can um, uh, use to uh, uh, chat with them to get um, design help and so Alorium is there so as you're working with the max 10 you know you get the dev board you work with it and then once you're ready to actually implement the max 10 into production uh you can contract with Alorium; they'll help you out okay okay all right and then um so this is the website in the short url yes that's yeah. for the dev kit and we'll show yeah. the dev kit um the design integration services i didn't give you the url just google for that oh, okay well it's on digital yeah it's fine i mean okay. it's, it's under like and, design integration and then we have a video yeah let's show the video which is a video cool demo of the board We'll see you on the other side. Yes. The Evo M51 module from Alorium Technology is the next step in the evolution of our FPGA-enhanced embedded microcontroller boards. Evo features the 32-bit SAMD51 microcontroller along with an Intel Max 10 FPGA. Evo conforms to the Adafruit Feather specification for primary pinout, connectivity, and additional key features. Primary Feather-defined I.O. signals are available as plated 0.1-inch through-hole vias, making them very easy to access and solder to standard headers. Since Evo is designed to be an embeddable module, the primary I.O. are also routed to castellated vias along the edge of the board. But we didn't stop there. Since there is plenty of space on the board and many more available I.O. on the FPGA, Evo also provides an additional 34 digital castellated I.O. Finally, castellated I.O.s are available for key interfaces such as USB, the SAMD single-wired debugger interface, and JTAG enable for bare metal FPGA uploads. Most of the digital I.O. connections on Evo are routed through the FPGA to and from the primary castellated I.O. This provides the opportunity for developers to immediately capture inputs or drive outputs from the FPGA without requiring direct interaction with the SAMD controller. Of course, with the FPGA in simple pass-through mode, the SAMD can easily control the I.O. as if the FPGA were not even there. As always, the team here at Alorium promotes the use of custom FPGA logic for implementing key functionality that requires accelerated performance, multiple parallel interfaces, or highly deterministic behavior. This may include providing offload engines for the SAMD, pipelines between the SAMD and the board I.O., or functions that are completely contained in the FPGA and isolated from the SAMD altogether. Like our other FPGA-based hardware, Evo M51 will support Alorium Technology-supplied pre-built FPGA images that target specific application use cases. In addition, designers will again have the option to develop their own custom logic blocks and integrate them into the top-level Max 10 FPGA design. Out of the box, Evo is programmable with Arduino just like many other boards based upon the SAMD51. So, writing and uploading firmware to the microcontroller is easy and familiar. 
In addition, Evo was specifically designed to support running CircuitPython, a version of Python created to run on small microcontrollers. CircuitPython is growing in popularity, and there's a steady increase in the developer community and number of hardware providers. We're hard at work finalizing the interface details between the SAMD and FPGA, and preparing for our initial production run of Evo M51 boards. We look forward to sharing more information and finer details soon. Okay, and don't forget, we're now putting these short URLs up. So if you go That's to right. digi.com, digi.com forward slash short, forward slash Z9MVNC, you'll be able to see it in the part numbers. That's right, and you can EDO. pick up a dead board. And if they're not in stock, um, there was only a couple last I checked. Uh, just put some back order. They're getting more. There just weren't many made in the first run, uh, but they'll get another one to you in a week or two. Okay. We're signing MPI. Alrighty, let's uh, kick it off with some new products. Ready? That's right. Good dive right in. It's time for new, Okay, uh, first up, a reminder, we are shipping. Don't forget when you place an order on Adafruit.com, you are helping us, an open source hardware company in New York City. We are doing this thing, shipping safe and smart for you. We still have our buy one, give one for Black Girls Code going on. By the way, congratulations, Black Girls Code. Nissan uh, featured them in the Vet Awards, and it was an amazing ad for an amazing group doing fantastic work. We're very happy that we're able to deliver Circuit Playground Expresses. When you buy one, we send one to them. It's that easy. All right, first up. Okay, first up, uh, coming soon, it's a nice math print mask. I thought this was a funny design uh, available from one of the mask uh, makers that we get masks from. It's got like little adjustable ear loops and it's made out of two layers. Um, the outer layer is kind of a thick cotton and the inner layer is a comfy cotton. And then in between, you can put a filter. So let's go to the overhead and I'll show, I'll show that off. So this is like the kind of the, the thicker uh, uh, form setting material. So it's kind of like a um, cotton. It feels like it might be, um, you know, water uh, treated um, to prevent moisture. And then um, inside here, there's like a really soft but thick cotton layer. And then it comes with two of these PM 2.5 uh, filtering inserts. And so you can like slide this in and replace this once a week. This is, you know, more for, uh, you know, designed for people who are, you know, bicycling outside or there's some air pollution. You don't really need this um, if you're just trying to keep your coughs and sneezes in. But it's another layer of filtering. Um, and then you've got the soft cotton and you've got the um, stiff filter in the center and then this holds the outside and it's got some like cool sort of differential equation type math printed on the outside. So it's yeah. my math mask. I like wearing this one. So Yeah. Masks are in the news and uh, I can tell you that Lady Ada wears this one every day at the Ada for Factory when we're out in New York and when we're in uh, safe and smart crowd situations where it's outdoors. So we've been doing this and it is beta tested by Lady Ada herself. I liked it, yeah. Okay, next up. Next up, we've got an update to uh, the Unicorn uh, Fat from Pimeroni. They have updated it to, instead of using, um, I think, NeoPixels or something on the previous version, now it has two uh, either I2C or SPI RGB LED drivers. It's got four buttons on the front, and it's got, uh, I think, like 11 by 7 
uh, controllable LEDs, or maybe more than that. Hold on, let me see. Sorry, 17 by 7 LEDs. So let's yeah, look on the overhead. So this is it running a demo. Um, good to... Nothing messes up overhead cameras. No, they don't like the bright LEDs. Yeah. Um, but you can see this is kind of running like a little uh, animation demo. Um, so each LED can have, I think, probably 16-bit or 24-bit color. Um, the frame rate update is very fast. It seems to be like, you know, at least 30 frames per second. You can draw little animations, and then you get uh, four buttons on here and here. It's fully assembled, so you can just uh, plug it right into um, your Raspberry Pi. It works with any Raspberry Pi with a 2 by 20 header, and the library is in Python. Okay, next up. Next up, we have a update, uh, big sister to um, the H3, sorry, to the List331, which we put in a few weeks ago. Uh, this time we have the H3 List331. And this is a really interesting ultra high range accelerometer. So usually accelerometers go to like, you know, plus or minus two, four, six, eight, maybe 16 or 32 Gs. Um, well, this one goes up to, let's see, go to the back. It goes to, I think, one plus or minus 100, plus or minus 200, plus or minus 400 Gs. So this is for like rocketry or like physics experiments. Like this isn't what you would use for everyday accelerometer, like human motion. This is for like, I'm sending something into a very fast thing that is then going to crash. And I want to be able to uh, capture that high G um, measurement. So... I'll show it to you also on the overhead. It comes with Stemma QT connectors, so you can just plug and play it into um, any of your dev boards, Raspberry Pi or Arduino. We have CircuitPython code and an Arduino library. Uh, one thing I do want to note is because it's a very high range accelerometer, um, it's going to be a little noisy on the G range, like, you know, usually there's like a 1% you know, noise on an accelerometer, but you don't notice it because it's like off in the 0.001 G um, position. But because this is a you know, 200 Gs or 100 Gs, you're going to see some fluctuations of about 1 G at, because of that, just the noise of the precision of the sensor. The sensor is not designed for measuring small differences. It's meant for measuring very large distance uh, differences in g-forces and so just be aware of that when you plug it in you'll want to use maybe the low pass filter capability you might want to do your own filtering or offset calculations um, but you're not going to get like this beautiful zero zero one g measurement when it's not moving you're going to see these fluctuations um, but that just means that when you do get to like 100 g 200 g 400 g uh, those fluctuations will be you know two digits off of your um, you know desired range so uh, that's the only thing to watch out for. I think it's kind of shocked me when I first plugged in. I was like, oh my goodness, it's like so noisy. And then I realized like, oh yeah, of course it is. It's, you know, got a hundred times the range. Okay. And um, next up, ready? Yep. Okay. Oh, I forgot to bring in my power adapter. Oh. Hold on, please. Well, One second. Let me see. I've got videos of this. It's these really cool. Um, yeah, okay. Now I'll just, uh, I'll just show it. Video. Okay, so this is um, some analog LED neon strips um, that come in sort of like an enclosed weather-resistant silicone casing. Um, these are not NeoPixels, they're analog LED strips. You can tell because there's five wires. Um, 
the uh, black wire is actually plus 12 volts. Uh, the green wire is for the green LED component, the red wire for the red LED component, the blue for the blue LED component, and then these are RGBW, they have a white LED component, and that's why there's two versions. One is a cool white okay. LED, and one. one is a warm white LED. I actually can't tell, um, but in person you can. So, you know, if you want to have, um, you know, an accent lighting that has white uh, LEDs uh, color. It's kind of hard to mix RGB. It never quite comes out like as a pure white, especially if you're looking for a warm or cool color. Um, and so with this, you have a separate set of LED diodes that gives you um, the white light. So you can have any color mix. You cannot individually address them, but you can uh, address the whole strip. And I'll show just the raw strip. Yeah. Hold on, I got so many demos. I've got all the demos here. Okay. Okay, so... Let's get this to lock. Okay, so um, the side has got this kind of like grooved silicone, um, and the the sides and the bottom are, are not uh, translucent, they're opaque. And this is kind of like grooved. I think so you can like fit this into like architectural lighting, like you want to put this in, in some foam or you want to somehow like adhese it to a surface. So you've got a lot of surface area on both these sides. And this is the part that glows and it glows very uniformly. Um, we kind of call these RGB LED neon because they have a kind of a uniform neon glow, um, but they're not um, made out of glass. So you can like flexibly, you know, move them around and they don't stay in the position. So if you, if you do want to, um, put it into an unusual shape, you'll just have to um, put fixture it somehow, either with glue or nails or what have you. And then just to, as a reminder, it's an analog LED strip. It's a 12 volt analog LED strip. You'll have to PWM the LEDs and all the LEDs on the strip change at once so you can't individually address it. Okay. All right, next up, we got more blinkies. Yes, okay, so next up is um, hold on, let me put this in. So this is, uh, this is addressable. So these are addressable three watt NeoPixel like chunks of aluminum PCB material. They've got a gigantic three watt LED and they have a WS2811, which is like the SOIC chip version of uh, NeoPixel that's all integrated, except it's separated here because you know, if you're driving a chip at three watts, you're not going to be able to embed a uh, microcontroller inside of it. Uh, and it has some uh, driver chips as well. Uh, it comes, uh, you, know, you can plug and play them together. They each come with a JST SM on the end. Uh, and then I can show them. They're super bright. On the overhead. <laughs> they're like incredibly bright. Yeah. Um, they're just wow. super bright. And uh, I don't even know if this is full brightness, but basically it is blinding. Like Neopixel is already very Yeah, bright. I have to look away from over here when I'm doing this. It's kind of funny. You can also see it like in the reflection. Yeah. Um, it's cool. You can see it light me up. Yeah, um, so the bottom, up. it's got aluminum backed PCB, so it's nice. So it has some thermal relief. Yeah, um, like, there's two mounting holes. Yeah, but hold them up again. Yeah, look at these. Yeah, it's, it's very nice. Nice and bright. They're really it's, bright. It's bright. Um, so yeah, very bright. Uh, dots, uh, just be aware, you know, each one can draw up to like half an amp almost. Um, so when you power these, you'll just, you know, if you want to power a lot, you'll need to have a really good five volt power supply. Other than that, they're NeoPixel compatible. This is just running the NeoPixel demo. 
works just fine. Okay. All right. And then, um, last but not least, the star of the show tonight, besides Ada for Community, I'll rate it for team members. New Lady Ada is? Yes. Yay! It's a mini boost. Um, this is a small boost converter that is surprisingly powerful for the size and price. It's a... Um, uh, you want to go to which one? The one? one you just... Uh, this one? Nope. Yeah, I guess so. That one, yeah, because I just see what it takes. So, uh, VN can be 2 to 5 volts, um, although, you know, to get the 1 amp out, I think you need to have like at least 3.5 volts in. The output is set to be 5 volts, although we give you, actually, it's kind of like 5.2 volts. We give you a little bit higher than 5 because there's often a uh, voltage drop on wires when you're powering things. Um, but you can get 1 amp max out of this. Uh, at 2 volts, I think you can get like 300 or 400 milliamps out. Uh, 3 volts, you can get like, you know, maybe 600, 700. But once you get to like a LiPo range, you can get an amp out. Um, if it's a fresh LiPo, you can get like, you know, even amp, 1.4 amps. Uh, so it's quite a powerful little chip. It's really fully integrated. Basically, just have an inductor, a bunch of 22 microfarad caps, and then the feedback resistor. There's an enable pin. When you uh, bring the enable pin low, it'll actually completely disconnect the output. So that's great for a power switch. You don't have to like worry about feed through. Um, but it's a great little booster. So you know, if you've got a couple of alkalines or nickel metal hydrides or a lipo battery, this is a perfect way to boost it up to get five volts. So you can drive. You know, Raspberry Pi Zero and maybe a couple accessories. Um, the demo I have, see if it still works, is uh, having it power these uh, ginormous NeoPixels. So let me see if I can get it to uh, show the text. So um, you yeah, can see. Oh, I was going to just zoom in. Oh yeah. Uh, so you oh, can see here, you know, running the plain demo. Um, I've got the the booster here, and it's plugged into you know a LiPo battery, and it's it's powering the three ginormous three watt neopixels giving it a nice you know 5.1 volts this is an inexpensive way to just like toss in um you know a five volt if you want to connect to five volt sensors or neopixels that you can drive them at 3.5 volts but you won't get uh, the best color and one of the things to note is you can see uh when all the leds are on it goes up to 1.3 amps but it has no problem. It can absolutely supply 1.3 amps even off of a not so large LiPo. This is only a 1.2 uh, amp hour battery and it has no problems uh, supplying it. Um, yeah, it doesn't get too hot. It's a really nice fully integrated boost converter. Uh, and for people who, you know, they want it something like a power boost, but they want it much smaller, chips have improved, um, pick this up. It's really small. You can integrate it into any product or project you'd like. Okay. With that, that's new products. Yay! Alright, there's some questions about the new products. We'll get to those we will. soon, but let's do the top secret real quick and then we'll start doing questions. Okay, so wait, I dropped it. It's okay. We're doing top secret, and uh, while we're getting top secret going, um, start asking your questions over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. You can join all 21,000 of us. That's answer right. your questions there. Okay, so what's the uh, top secret this week, Lydia? Uh, this time I'm working on, this is a little bit older one, this is from a while ago, a uh, breakup for the BH1750. Um, this is a Lux sensor that is actually kind of old, but a lot of people use it. It's actually like people search our site for BH1750 and nothing comes up. And so I was like, why, do they, why are they searching for this? Um, but it's a, it's a light sensor that's used in a lot of people's projects. And so we thought, you know, we're really good at making little breakouts for I2C sensors. 
So I popped it onto uh, you know, a, a STEMIC UT compatible board. This is the sensor itself. Uh, it's got level shifting. Uh, it's got level shifting. It's got a three volt regulator. You know, I think if you zoom in, the autofocus gets uh, yeah. a little weirded out. Yeah, but there's a button here. Look, through this button. Yeah. Yeah, lock it. Okay. Um, but this is the sensor itself. And then got some connectors, a couple of resistor capacitors, and level shifters so it's ready to go. And uh, we just wrapped up a CircuitPython library. And there's tons of good Arduino libraries. Okay. That is uh, top secret. All right, so we're gonna go answer some questions, and then um, after that, we're gonna play the Python on Harvard newsletter, then we're outie. So let's uh, give some folks some time for questions. Um, question, this, it's fresh in mine. How is this different than the Minty Boost? Um, you don't solder Spec it yourself. Specifically. Yeah, you basically you don't solder it yourself. It doesn't have a USB connector. And um, is it as good as far as, you know? It's, it's as efficient, definitely, but it's just not set up to put into a mint tin and, and plug in a USB connector. You'll have to do that extra work to put, you know, the USB adapter and the resistors required for iOS charging. Okay. okay. Um, I'm sure either us or someone will very soon turn it into a mini mini boost. That's right. Yeah. Okay. It's open source. Files are Minimal open. minty boost. Okay. Um, next up. Uh, someone wants to run a video with FG, uh, sorry, VGA output on a microcontroller like an STM32, is that possible? Um, it is. You want you know you get eight bit color. Uh, and you'll you'll have to find a library that does the work for you. But you know there have been microcontrollers with VGA outputs. Um, you know you'll just end up having to do a lot of timer configuration. Whether there's one for the STM32, I don't know. I've seen you know ones for Arduino like boards. Like the, I think the Arduino Mega maybe or the Duo had a VGA library. Okay. Uh, let's see. Why is the Huzzah 32 expensive? I guess I'd say compared to what, but... Yeah, it's pretty... I mean, like, it's, you know, a good quality board. We manufacture it. We test it. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Um, folks are getting a Lego thing. Okay. Uh, nice LEDs are in stock. And accelerometer. Cool. I was curious how many cycles a stencil survives. Some of the stuff in the factory footage looks pretty scratched up. That's normal because this this the stencil, um, the paste dispenser, like the, sorry, the paste spreader, is um, made of steel too. So you have steel on steel, so it's going to get scratched. Um, but I think like you know at least a thousand, maybe five thousand cycles, or maybe even more, probably ten thousand cycles. I don't see why not. I mean, we've never had a stencil wear out. Yeah. But you know. Yeah, you just have to keep them clean. That's the that's the only thing you got to do. I don't recall needing to replace a stencil because of wear. Mm. Yeah. We have to do a lot of maintenance on the stenciler machine. It's it's like a lot of these machines. Like you don't. It's not just like press a button. You do have to maintain them. There's a lot of we have uh, service that we do on them. Yeah. So that's that's where the wear and tear comes from. Um, this is just like it's just plate of metal. Yeah. But I don't think we've had any that. No. That have uh, needed to get replaced because of wear. Nope. Okay. Oh, for the uh, for the Huzzah 32 compared to other ESP32 boards on Amazon. That's because they're subsidized by the Chinese government. We're not. Yeah, <laughs> that's one way to say it. So um, you know, a lot of the the cheaper electronics flood the market. And yeah, they're not tested usually. Yeah. So here's what I'd say: like, we're often the second place people buy stuff. The first time they buy something, 
they don't have a good experience, they buy something, there's no service, there's no support, they get something they, that's different than the thing they thought. Yeah. And they said, wow, like my time is way more valuable than the dollar or two I saved uh, at the most. And then if you look at our boards that are um, fully featured, compare apples to apples, yeah. um, we're spot on with the pricing. Yeah, I mean, usually. like for the amount of code support and tutorials and videos and guides, yeah. I mean, when we sell a board, you're paying for that as well. Like we have libraries and those libraries have to be written by an engineer. Yeah, even that aside, I mean, there's a, like eventually, like, yeah, you can always get like an Arduino clone for cheap, but you're now limited with yeah. just what that board can do. And also there's and like, there's, there's corner cutting I've seen that, you know, gets people later. They're like, oh, I didn't realize that this was, this part is really out of spec and it's kind of being overdriven and eventually yeah. it fails. But I always say, like, go go experiment with finding that super cheap deal. You can go on Taobao or Alibaba. Six to eight weeks, you'll get your thing. Maybe it'll be a thing you want. But, like, totally cool. it's it's all about, like, what is your time worth? Yeah. And what do you want to do? And who's going to give you tech support? Yeah. I don't mind being the second company. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up. Uh, well, this leads to how do you... Uh, how do you make the stencils? Oh, yeah. Stencils are made by a company in New Jersey called Blue Ring, and they laser cut them with a very powerful laser that can cut stainless steel. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'll say one more thing um, about the lower cost places you can get stuff, eBay, yeah. uh, AliExpress, Amazon. You know, a lot of people, that's their first entry, and if they manage to get into a hobby... All roads eventually kind of lead to Adafruit stuff because we make good stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, we're going to have the newest, you know, we're yeah, always going to have the like, newest things and then eventually it gets cloned and filtered and it reaches yeah, everywhere else. That's but normal. I, but I feel like if there's, if the choice is like, you can only get it from like one place or you can get things from lots of different places and people expand yeah. their hobbyist career. No, it's like, I think it's their, good. And their professional needs. Um I say it great. Buy the cheap thing and then get good at what you want to get good at. And then, like, I promise you, we probably, when you when you actually gr get that, like, taste level, it's like I care about the things. Yeah. There's certain things that are important to me. We're usually the best choice there. Yeah. And, like, we want those type of customers, too. Like, if you want the cheapest, worst thing, not for you. Yeah. is not for you. If you want, like, good value with people with good values, um, we're there for you. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, how many feathers do you think are going to be updated just for USB-C? Well, over time, probably, like, all yeah, of them. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Okay. Um, where's the best place to watch CircuitPython changes and updates for the Feather STM um, 32F405 Express? Why sign up for the newsletter? Okay. Can we start an open-source equivalent of Facebook? You know, um, people have tried. And that's a very difficult thing. This is why... Um, let's see. I'm not going to talk too long. Um, but this is why... There's a really good clip on television, uh, from television, on mm -hmm. YouTube. It's when Mr. Rogers went to Congress, or he was testifying. And they were going to, like, shut down PBS or something. And, like, Mr. Rogers goes in and everyone was like, oh, my gosh. You know, and he's like, hey, Senator, like, who cared for you when you were a child? Like, you were a child once. Yeah. And I'm probably combining this with another Mr. Rogers thing. But, you know... Television is so powerful, and it was such a unique thing to bring into the in, into the human species. You could transmit an image and motion and stories. You know, Facebook has so much potential, 
and there's lots of interactions that are positive that in, that are that are good. It's just unusual to have one person control it all and not to have an oversight board and not to have the same things that we have with other forms of media where there's some checks and balances. Like, you, there's decency rules with television. There's all sorts of stuff that you, you just can't do. Um, good example is the, the things that I delete off our Facebook page, that would never be okay to put on television. Yeah. That people are you know, trying to put on there. So there's, like, there's certain rules. And, like, if you hear about machine learning and AI and, like, okay, great, you're so smart, you can catch all these things except for you're not. Mm-hmm. Or, like, publish a transparency report or, like, have an oversight board. Like, this has the, one of the biggest potentials. I'll give you an example. So, apparently, Friday on Facebook, every Facebook profile page that you have, if you're over 18, is going to show places to vote. Yeah, you know, I think we all kind of agree. That's nice. You're US, if, yeah. if, you've, if you said you're eight, over 18 and, you know, all these things, that's a nice resource. Um, you know, it seems like... Most people agree wearing a mask right now is pretty good. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of ways that people could use these tools in good ways. I think, like, I don't know if an open source version would make a difference anyways. I think we just have to decide what's important to us, what values are, that we care about. We obviously cared about television standards and radio standards. Well, there's certain things that it seems like these social networks that dance on the line of being a publisher or not yeah. should consider. So anyways, that's it. Um, let's see um, well I'll just answer this uh, thing so for the people who say they've never had trouble using Facebook well you're maybe not a minority maybe you've never experienced having a picture of you and people ridiculing it because of your skin tone or the color of your hair or the gender you are. So just because you didn't have that experience doesn't mean other people. In fact, all of the research shows the times where people are most harassed online are places like Facebook in particular. Yeah. So that's one of those things where just because it didn't happen to you doesn't mean it doesn't happen to someone else. And that's why there's so many people that really want, like, all the professionals. Yeah, it's like if you're writing, if you're running a piece of software and you're like, I run it just fine, you know, and I wrote it and I have 5,000 people emailing every day saying, you know, the software crashes... It doesn't make sense for me to say it works for me. You're the problem. You can send them a doctor thing and say, look, my computer is perfect. Here it is. <laughs> yeah, but that's not, how, that's not how life works. I can't give you a doctor for my life. Yeah, I don't think anyone would want... Like, we work really hard. I don't know if anyone would want our... our yeah. yeah. So anyways, that's, a, that, that's, yeah. A, that's, an, that's an analogy that yeah. I think that people can think about. Okay. Yeah, keep going. Um, I think that's... Uh, do you have any plans for a Gal- GPS? Galileo Beato capable GPS? Not at this time. Okay. Um, let's see. I think that's... That's it. Okay. So we're going to show the Python hardware news. Yes. And then we're going to say goodbye at the end. So we'll see you okay. in just a few minutes. Bye. It's that time again. This is Katni with your weekly Python on hardware news. Every week, we put together the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter. It is available through adafruitdaily.com. Head over to sign up and see all of the past and current newsletters, or tune in each week to hear what's going on. This week, Adafruit is going to the movies. John Lewis' Good Trouble is the chronicle of the life of the legendary civil rights activist and Democratic representative from Georgia, including Lewis's 60-plus years of social activism and legislative action on civil rights, voting rights, gun control, health care reform, and immigration. 
Thousands of protests, 45 arrests, 33 years in Congress. Sometimes change calls for a little trouble. Adafruit is purchasing over 100 on-demand tickets for the team to watch the movie on demand July 3rd. Why are we doing this? Magnolia Pictures joined with Adafruit and hundreds of other companies for the Stop Hate for Profit campaign, which means not advertising on Facebook in July. So we're helping to get the word out. Join Adafruit in going to the movies and watch John Lewis Good Trouble, available beginning July 3rd. The Adafruit Clue Board contains a powerful NRF52840 microcontroller, a suite of sensors, and a color display on a board the size of a BBC microbit. Here's a trio of articles from makers on using the Clue Board with CircuitPython. In his Monday microcontroller series, Les takes a look at Clue and provides comparisons to the microbit. He demonstrates how to code the board in both Arduino and CircuitPython. Finally, he provides a review of the microbit add-ons that work with Clue. Check it out at bigl.es. Plus Plus Int posts to Twitter using Bluetooth to talk between a microbit and clue board in MakeCode and CircuitPython, respectively. And finally, Wildest Pixel posts to Twitter using an Adafruit clue and a Wi-Fi featherwing, bridged with a Pimeroni pin between, to upload sensor stats to Adafruit I.O. In this week's episode of Python T, host Nina Zakarenko talks with Thea Flowers. Thea has used CircuitPython on a number of projects, including modular synthesizer modules, available at winterbloom.com. Check out the latest episode at twitch.tv slash nnjaio. In this week's CircuitPython deep dive livestream, Scott streamed his work with ESP32-S2 bus I.O. and getting ready for the pull request. Check out the latest video and past videos at adafru.it slash deep dive. The Open Source Hardware Association posts a resolution to redefine spy pin names. Oshawa states, The words that we use have an impact. It is time to remove the words which describe a morally repugnant relationship, master and slave, from our technical vocabulary. These terms have been used for decades to describe the relationship between hardware components. Some of the standards and interfaces that use this terminology include SPI, I2C, and more. By way of example, the SPI protocol specifies logic signals with names including master output slave input, master input slave output, and slave select. This is unacceptable. Effective immediately, we call upon hardware and software developers to fully and widely adopt the resolution to redefine spy pin names. While acknowledging that the change has its costs, there is no excuse for any member of our community or industries to continue to reference master and slave as technical terms going forward. We will continue to work on other standards. Read the full post at oshawa.org. Adafruit has been preemptively removing such language for a number of days. It is hoped that the broader community will join in these efforts. This week, we published the second translated guide in the Adafruit Learning System. The CircuitPython Essentials Guide has been translated into Spanish. Thank you to Alvaro for all of his work on the translations. You can find Essenciales para CircuitPython at learn.adafruit.com. This guide joins the first Spanish guide, Bienvenido a CircuitPython. Adafruit hopes to have additional translated guides in the future. The Adafruit subreddit surpassed 3,000 subscribers last week. The CircuitPython subreddit is very close to 1,000 subscribers. Get your CircuitPython information fix via Reddit by becoming a member at reddit.com slash r slash CircuitPython. Tiny Town is a palm-sized light-emitting sculpture which is rechargeable and portable. A CircuitPython controller randomly and continually fades individual RGB LEDs through a range of warm colors. The piece can operate plugged into a USB outlet or untethered for more than five hours per recharge. For more details, check out Extra Sleepy on Instagram. Liz plays a game of Blink a Jump, programmed on an Adafruit Pi badge. For more details, check out Blitz City DIY on Twitter. 
Robotic Masters post to Twitter, playing with CircuitPython and a RoboHat MM1 to get multiple options out of a single button. Code is available on GitHub. Blinka's Breakout is a CircuitPython implementation of a game similar to Atari Classic Chips Challenge. Details available on hackaday.io. Learn about adding voice to a CircuitPython project using Amazon Polly. Display quotes and synthesize speech on an Adafruit Pi portal using CircuitPython and AWS serverless. Slogworks posts to Twitter dice rolls using an ARM Cortex-M4 Adafruit Feather microcontroller and display, programmed in CircuitPython and installed in a Mint tin. This Raspberry Pi project uses TEA5767 and TPA2016 modules via an I2C bus to create a web browser-controlled radio. Use an Adafruit Pi portal plus a soil sensor and CircuitPython for this IoT project. Sim Stapler Simulator. Simulate the Sim Stapler game with a real stapler and Circuit Playground Express in this write-up on scrust.com. Video available from Stuart Russell on YouTube. This week's episode of Microcontrollers with Kinger North is controlling DC motors with CircuitPython and Arduino, available on YouTube. The International Space Station tracker displays the ISS current location and trajectory using a Raspberry Pi, ePaper display, Protostacks enclosure, and Python. Details available on hackster.io. PyCard 2 is a SAMD21 development board that uses Arduino and CircuitPython programming, available on Tindy. Learn about working with files in Python in this extensive tutorial available on realpython.com. Learn three essential steps to follow to increase the impact of your experiments in a growth marketer guide to designing A-B tests using Python on towarddatascience.com. Learn about PySimple GUI, the simple way to create a GUI with Python in this tutorial from realpython.com. The number of CircuitPython-supported microcontrollers and single-board computers continues to grow. There were no new boards added this week. Are you interested in adding a new board to CircuitPython? Check out the Adafruit Learn system for a series of guides about getting your board added to CircuitPython and CircuitPython.org. There are four new Python on hardware-related guides in the Adafruit Learn system this week, including Build an easily customizable LED demonstration or protest sign that can be seen at night using CircuitPython on a Feather M4 with the RGB matrix Featherwing and any Adafruit RGB LED matrix panel in this guide from John Park. Build your own Apex Legends Pathfinder robot friend with Pi Portal and CircuitPython in this guide from John Park. The number of CircuitPython libraries is 260. This includes both the Adafruit CircuitPython libraries and the CircuitPython community libraries. There are no new libraries this week, but there are a number of updated libraries. As always, visit circuitpython.org libraries to download the latest Adafruit CircuitPython bundle. Included in this week's updates from the CircuitPython team, Brian's been working on a CircuitPython library for the PCF8591 ADC DAC combo sensor from NXP. This is a fairly simple but useful little package. It's 8-bit, which doesn't quite measure up to some of the more high-end ADCs and DACs out there, but it comes with a DAC as well and is relatively inexpensive as well as widely available. Having an ADC and DAC in a small package certainly has a lot of potential, and the QT form factor will make it easy to squeeze into whatever use you find for it. Dan's main project now is implementing underscore BLEIO yet again, for the third time. This time, he's targeting the HCI Bluetooth implementation on ESP32, which is used on our airlift boards. HCI is a standard serial-based command protocol that's used for many Bluetooth-capable coprocessors. After failing to make progress on SDIO support with his crude setup, 
Jeff ordered a development kit from Microchip with a properly wired SD card slot and existing demo of its use that he could build from source. This board, called SAM-E54 Explained Pro, is based on the SAM-E54 microcontroller, which is very similar to the SAM-D51 that is in so many of Adafruit's boards, but was not yet supported. There is now support for this board in CircuitPython, and this paves the way for other boards based on SAM-E54, and Jeff has also successfully used this board to read SD cards using SDIO from within CircuitPython, so work on that pull request has resumed. Melissa has been working on porting the PyPortal library over to Blinka. This was a fun project because it builds on top of the Display.io library that she had already been working on. Since Linux already has built-in facilities for things like networking, a lot of it involves stripping out things like communicating with the Airlift ESP module. Since things like displays are added into Raspberry Pi and not built in, she needed to add functionality to be able to define a display. So it likely won't be as clean as opening examples written for the Pi portal without modification. At this point, she has the Bitcoin example running and will be working to make the library more seamless. FlaskCon is a community-driven Flask event being held July 4th and 5th. Flask is a micro web framework written in Python. Call for Papers is currently open. Visit flaskcon.com for more information. EuroPython 2020 this year will be an online conference from July 23rd to 26th. Attending the conference days will require a ticket, and participating in the sprints will be free. Check out ep2020.europython.eu for details. PyCon AU has announced they are holding PyCon Line AU in August. Check out 2020.pycon.org.au for more information. PyCon India 2020 will be held online from October 3rd through 5th, 2020. A call for proposals is now open through the 14th of August. Visit ian.org 2020 for details regarding the CFP and the conference. Translating CircuitPython is now easier than ever. Translations make the project more accessible to a broader range of folks. Adding or improving translations is a great way to get started contributing to the project. With the help of fellow open source project Weblate, we're making it even easier. You can create a new account just for Weblate or sign in using other sites like GitHub or Google. If you write another language, visit adafru.it slash translate cp, sign in, and start translating. Looking for more Python on hardware all week? Join the Adafruit community on Discord and check out the help with CircuitPython and CircuitPython channels. We're over 21,000 strong and continuing to grow. You'll find a supportive, positive community filled with like-minded folks. Join at adafru.it slash discord. And that is your Python on hardware news for this week. Visit adafruitdaily.com to subscribe to the newsletter or tune in again next week. Okay, I'm all caught up on Zergit Python. Okay, thank you, Kennedy. news this week. Kennedy. Yeah, it's Canada Day. It's Canada. Um, we had our remote meeting, and Kenny has the LED thing on her wall thing that she made. Yeah. So um, she had the Canada. We had the Canada flag. Canada. I was like, oh, Canada. Yeah, it's cool. It's okay, Canada. well, that's our show for tonight. All right, thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you, everyone. Let me um, see who's in the chat behind the scenes here tonight. I think. Jesse May. I think so. Let me make sure. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jesse May. Behind the scenes in the Adafruit Slack, thank you so much, Jesse May. And thank you to the entire Adafruit team, both remote and here. Uh, we are so thankful that we have a team that's working safe and smart. We are getting the things in. We're making the things. We're shipping the things. We are getting our in, uh, you see, in I'm, stock I'm percentages. Out. I got that mini boost. We got yeah. a, a, a high G accelerometer. Yeah. So products are coming out. They're coming, coming out. Yeah. And then... Um, you know, no matter what one says now, 
it could be polarizing, but uh, let me just say this. Just say it. We lived through some tough times in New York in March yeah. and April and May, and even now. With, and during the financial crisis. With, with, well, this specifically with COVID. Yeah. And, like, I think April 15th was, like, the worst day. It was the worst. So... It was we, peak, peak deaths, peak we, cases. Yeah, we were asked to be an essential business. We had decided, even when it was, like, unknown if masks or hand wash, whatever it is, we said, well, let's just wear masks and we were, we'll help the city making face shields and electronics for medical devices. But we made sure... We wore a mask at all times. None of us ever got sick. We all, a lot of us got tested for antibody uh, testing, and it turns out we didn't get exposed. But um, a mask, mask worked out for us. Uh-huh. And we, I'll say this when you're... We have math masks. Yeah, math masks. we have math masks. But, you know, maybe New Yorkers or maybe we're, we're kind of just used to, like, a lot of stuff going on, but it was terrible every day. Like, okay, 800 people died today. This many people are going to the hospital. A medical boat, you know, is, we've looked out our apartment and here comes Yeah, it was the, like the boat. There's a boat. There's a boat. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, walking by, when we walk to work, there's one of the ways is a hospital and you see a refrigerator semi-truck trailer that gets converted to be more because there's a lot of yeah. dead bodies that are overflowing from where the hospitals had to put them okay, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So if you're thinking about, like, I don't, please don't go through this. Like we did. It, it's been terrible for our business. And it sucked. And it's been scary. And like we've, we've grinded through it because that's what we do. We're playing the video game on the, the hard level. But I could just tell you, like, don't live through what New York lived through for the last. It, it was from, from March 15th to April 15th. It was getting worse by the hour, by the day. And it was. Um, it wasn't stop. It wasn't stopping. Yeah, and like you know, our roles as as managers and people who <laughs> do things to bring people together and have employees, you know, part of it was listening to someone crying on the phone because they have a relative or someone that died or yeah. got sick or they don't know what's going to happen next or they had a close friend. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, happened was we have a lot of people that came from. Entry-level jobs in other types of industries, like food service, to, to Adafruit. Like, Adafruit's, like, a really good job, but they still have friends in other parts of industries, and those jobs aren't great, and they lost friends. So please don't go through this. Don't live through what we did. Like, don't do this. Like, you can... Not fun. Yeah, you could see past asking engineers during that time. It was devastating, and then we're like, okay, let's still try to do a show. Let's try to do this. Um, so if you're thinking about it, or if you have a relative who's like not sure they want to wear a mask, or if you're in an area where they're talking about the infection rates going up, like it really, I could just tell you because there was a time where it's like, oh look, it's not that bad. This thing then hits you two weeks later. So like, you don't want to go through this. Um, we got hit hardest the first the most. Yeah. And like right now, there's some normalcy returning, but even today, so Lady Ada was on the city council meeting. And they said, hey, heads up, like, we're not going to do dine-in restaurant stuff. The numbers aren't looking good. Yeah. And so that was announced today. The other thing is, um, we so we have people at Adafruit that if they go to any, like, they, people are still going to go on vacation or they're still, they have a relative they have to go visit or take care of. If they go to a specific state, when they come back, they have to quarantine for 14 days. Yeah. So That's like, the state uh, guidelines. Yeah. So, like... There is this time period right now, and, you know, there there is a time period that passed to kind mm-hmm. of get rid of this. Yeah. By 
July. So we have a new chance together as a nation, talking specifically about USA, 4th of July, yay America. If we all wear masks, like not only will it save lives, but we do have a bit of time where potentially we can get this thing back down. And that means the sooner we can reopen the economy, the sooner we can do Just the thing. Just pretend like it's cosplay or something. It's fun. Yeah. I don't want to wear one, but, but like, but I, you my, know, my it's parting, a good idea. My parting words are you, you don't want to go through what we did in New York. Like, mm-hmm. you don't. Um, it was terrible. Okay. Um, so don't don't go through what we went through. You do not want this. Um, and I just want to tell you, like, a story from, like, people are going to make all their own decisions. I could just tell you it was terrible. And y'all have known us for years. You can, you know, we've been through a bunch together. Uh, you don't want to go through this. So, um, okay. you know, masks are good. They are. They work. All right. We have the data. Okay. All right. That's it, everybody. Thank you so right, much. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. And we will uh, do show and tell next week. We'll see everybody next week. Here is your moment of Zener.